This is quarterback Sawyer Pate, and you're listening to my favorite podcast, Locked On Auburn. Coach Harris and I met five years ago, and we were in a pool. Don't ask why. And I remember thinking, I like that guy. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. And joining us as he does every Monday, our own Lindsey Crosby. How are you, my friend? I am here. Ronald Acuna is hurt. I'm so sorry. I'm going to give you everything I have. Thank you. There's there's not much left of me right now. Yeah, yeah. My dog's like having a coughing attack behind me. Apologize if y'all hear that. But yeah, I'm sorry. I thought of you when that went down. The Braves channel locked on Discord was very, very sad. And um, yeah, I hate that you have to go through that, man. I'm sorry. Thank you. I'm sorry. Um, other, uh, way more sad things, Auburn, uh, women's athletics pioneer, um, Jane B. Moore passed away. A lot of really, really cool things put out by, uh, Auburn athletics, as well as, uh, some tributes, uh, throughout the Auburn beat. And so, um, I think this was a fitting way to start today's show is, uh, mentioning her and, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously influential enough in women's sport to where the, the dang, Softball complex is named after her. So um, thoughts and prayers to the Moore family. Yeah, you know, she went to my church and I was lucky enough to get a chance to talk to her a few times. Uh, wonderful woman, great Auburn person. We're definitely going to miss her. Um, and like it, and like you said, just trailblazer for the program. Yeah. Uh, has, you know, did a lot to, con- to contribute to Auburn University as well as the athletics program. Um, pivoting now to just some stuff I have it over the weekend. Do you see the Brodarius ham? He launched like a uh, a clothing line. You know, I got nothing against these players trying to go out and get their stuff. I can appreciate the big dudes going to do it. I yes. mean, like, l- listen, I mean, it's hard to clothe a three hundred pound man. So if you want to, if you want to design your own, let's do it. Go yeah, for it. I go think it's ham. great. I think it's great. Yeah, going ham apparel, of course, ham spelled with two M's there, but. Um, I believe uh, on the site right now, as of uh, us recording this, it's just one kind of design. You can pick which color you want the design on, but it's like a BH, and then Going Ham is written under it. But pretty cool logo with the the BH. So um, I love it. I love it. We talk all about Brandon Council, but like I have a soft spot for uh, for offensive linemen. I ordered one, so I'm excited for it to uh, to arrive at my door. I'm pumped for it. Yeah, when the NIL stuff passed, everybody was talking about, you know, being, you know, tweeting out endorsements and stuff like that. But this is, I think, the biggest place where a lot of players can capitalize is no being doubt. able to do something like, hey, you know, they're a fan of me. They can go out and get my shirt, and well, that's how they can support me. Yeah, I mean, Shivers did it, and it looks like, and I don't know how many he had, but um, I think the design was like heart over height kind of thing, which is fitting for, you know, kind of his his approach to the game, but he, uh, yeah, his sold out in like a day. Now I had no idea. I have no idea how many that he had, but I think that's great. Good for these kids. And, um, go burn the, the gymnast. She's like launching her own, um, leotards, which is cool. So yeah, I didn't really think about this aspect of it, but I think it's great. And Auburn fans can, um, can support them with this. And they also can get some cool shirts and swags that, you know, are going to be super, specific to like Auburn fanhood. I think that's really, really cool. Yeah. 
if you're a fan of these teams, like, yes, you can go and you can buy generic Auburn stuff, or you can just give these dudes your money directly. Like that's, that's the whole reason we passed an IL. So these dudes can take their name and they can make a little bit of coin off of it. So go support your favorite players, go buy their merch, uh, drink some Milo sweet tea and uh, go wear TJ Finley's underwear. I don't know what that was. So, well, I think there's other players that signed with the underwear company too. Um, I don't have that list in front of me. I think there were two or three defensive players that did it too. Um, before we pivot to uh, the two main talking points that we're going to have today, which is going to be Auburn's wide receiver room, and uh, of course, um, the MLB draft started Sunday night. We're recording this before the draft starts, but we're assuming no Auburn players were taken there, and Lindsey's going to kind of give us uh, an MLB draft primer on what we can expect for some of these baseball guys. That'll be the end of today's show, but... Before we pivot to that, I want to uh, make a, a personal announcement, Lindsay. Today is the first official day of me being the acting editor for Auburn Wire, which is USA Today's Auburn site. Brian Stoltz stepped away, and he's got a cool announcement he's going to make at some point today. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, today's my first day, and um, they let me bring on Lance with me to be one of the contributors, so that's been pretty cool. And so, yeah, be sure to check out uh, our written Auburn coverage at AuburnWire.com. The only places I get my Auburn news from is the Auburn Observer and Auburn Wire. That's it. No way, no place else. Sweet. Sweet. I love that. Selfishly, yeah, I well, love that. Correction. Correction. The only written coverage. Of course, I always listen to Locked on Auburn, your number one daily Auburn Tigers podcast. But Do you actually listen on days you're not on it? Yes. Oh, I appreciate like, that. Like, I download every single one of them because I know you want the numbers. Thank you. And I listen to most of them. Hey, we love the numbers here. We love the numbers. But yeah, check all that out, auburnwire.com. One of the things that I wrote over the weekend, I wanted to rank all of Auburn's wide receivers going into 2021 because the room looks a little different now with the addition of Demetrius Robertson. So um, big time, big time addition. And Lindsay, I'll get your thoughts on him when we get to him. Uh, spoiler, he is very high up, but let's do the first two or three in this first segment. So I only ranked the top nine. My ninth receiver in Auburn's room, I ranked Kalen Newton, obviously a senior. Uh, had a lot of buzz when he announced that he was going to attend Auburn, but uh, I think that's kind of it. I, I have a hard time seeing his path to playing time. That's something that I mentioned a lot, path to playing time. How are you getting on the field and what situations and what uh, personnel and who are they going to put you in over? I just don't really see it as much for Kayla Newton. Could be wrong. Could be wrong. But that's why I have him at nine. Yeah, he was a deeper option on the chart last year. Uh, got a lot of credit for his blocking from the wide receiver position. Definitely something that Gus cared about. Don't necessarily know how much he'll get play in Harson's offense. But I think nine's a fair rating. I have at eight, J.J. Evans, the redshirt freshman. Auburn has him as a redshirt freshman. He's technically a true freshman per the way the NCAA is ruling it. But young guy, he can do a lot of effective things in the open field. I think he has a chance down the road, Lindsey, to be a key number two or number three receiver in this offense by the time maybe he's a redshirt sophomore or a, a redshirt junior. Um, I think we're a few years away from seeing him really have um, – a solid impact in Auburn's offense. But I think he has the ability to. I just don't think he's going to get an opportunity quite yet just due to him being buried a little bit. Placement feels good at number eight to me. Uh, I do think looking at the article right now that he looks a lot like Brian Harson. That's surprising. I guess they swapped the pictures up. The USA and Today so did not have a picture of J.J. Evans. 
So. Oh, okay. I was yeah. like, wait a second. He's a dead ringer for Brian Harson. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's weird how similar they look. No. He'd be he'd be very that's, strong if that, he was a dead ringer for Brian that, Harson. That's true. But no, no, that's a good joke. It's a good. I'm place glad to you have. made that joke. Thank you. <laughs> hey, today's show brought to you by our friends at Made In. Made In produces professional quality cookware and knives for those who love to cook. They sent me a cast, uh, no, a stainless steel um, skillet, and every time I've cooked now, I use that thing. If I'm not using my air fryer, I am using my Made In stainless steel skillet. It is awesome. Made In products, they are made to last, and they offer a lifetime guarantee. They have 28,000 five-star reviews, and their products are used by some of the world's best chefs and Michelin-starred restaurants all around the world. Made In, better cookware for better meals. Right now, Made In is offering our listeners 15% off your first order with promo code LOCKEDON. This is the best discount available anywhere online for Made In products. Go to madeincookware.com slash LOCKEDON and use promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off your first order. That's madeincookware.com slash LOCKEDON. Use promo code LOCKEDON. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, moving on with our list, Lindsey Crosby. Ranking Auburn's wide receiver room going into 2021. Uh, my number seven is Shedrick Jackson, senior. You know, prior to the uh, the addition of, um, you know, the our, our good friend from Georgia now, he was the veteran receiver. Um the thing that stands out to me about Shedrick Jackson is while he hasn't really been able to stay on the field consistently, when he has been on the field, he does his job, which hasn't really been catching passes, but he does what's asked of him. And another thing that stands out to me is every time we talk to former receivers, I mean, the most recent one has been Eli Stove and Flash, Anthony Schwartz, when they came on the show they love talking about how much potential this guy has, and it's his turn to take over. We haven't seen it yet, but that says something to me when former receivers now step away from Auburn and they're like, Shedrick Jackson's the next guy. Um, but yeah, I just his inability to be consistently on the field and at practice, is, is, it's going to hurt him. Yeah, you know, if he had stayed healthy his entire career, he'd be a lot higher than seven on this list. But I feel good knowing that if something happens to the guys in front of him, mm-hmm. he's going to, he's going to be willing to go out in the field and do whatever you ask him to do. You know, um, good addition to the room. I wish he had more of an impact over his career, but I think this, this season he may have a chance to just be the leader off the field. I'm glad he's getting recognition from the former players. Malcolm Johnson jr. Uh, I have him at number six. He is a sophomore. Um, I mean, he's one of the fastest players in the sec. I mean, super, super fast elite world-class speed, and you have to think there's going to be a few snaps a game where Harson and Bobo dial up something special for Malcolm Johnson Jr. Also left high school a year early, reclassified last year, got to campus really late, so we kind of didn't really expect to see a whole lot from him last year. 
He's now the age of a true freshman with a year of college experience. And that's that's going to be very, very valuable. So I have him at six um, just because I think he's going to have a few plays this season where you're like, oh, man, that guy is raw. That guy is fast and explosive. If there's anybody who's going to outplay their position on this list, it's Malcolm Johnson Jr. Do you know what speed does, Zach? Does it kill? It kills. And Malcolm Johnson's got it. Um, Do you know something that you can't teach? Speed? Yes. Can't teach speed. Yeah. Malcolm Johnson Jr. has it. He has it in spades. They're going to find a way to use it. And, you know, like I said, if anybody outplays their position on this list, it's Malcolm Johnson Jr. My number five receiver in Auburn's room is Zevion Capers. Sophomore, this is a little bit of a juicy take because he was kind of the starter in the slot for a lot of games last year for Gus Malzahn. Definitely played a lot of key snaps, a lot of relevant snaps. I'm just curious to see how he's going to be used. He was a slot guy last year, but his body is not like a slot receiver. So I wonder if they're going to move him around a little bit. He was very limited in spring. Um, you know, what is this new coaching staff going to think of him just because they don't know him. They're going to know these other guys better just because he missed uh, a very crucial spring, you know, in the, in the lifespan of this program. So I have capers a little bit lower at five than most people probably would. Yeah, he definitely can't, could be higher on this list if he was healthy, if he went through the, through the thing and if he had a clearly defined role, he can do some of everything. Uh, I think five's a good place knowing that he could be higher at, by the end of the season if we redid this. I have Elijah Canyon at four, um, mainly just because Bo Nick clearly likes throwing to him. We saw him go to him often uh, in the Citrus Bowl where Auburn uh, lost to Northwestern. I mean, that was his coming out party. And then I think that game disappears in the minds of a lot of people if he doesn't come out at A-Day and just show out. I mean, he, he looked like the best receiver on Auburn's team on A-Day. Now, can you overhype what happened on A-Day? Absolutely. Does A-Day actually matter? No, it doesn't. But you got to think Bo is throwing to him in practice for him to you know, be able to have that kind of success and that many of his looks um, on A-Day. That's, that's just kind of my thought. Yeah, being honest, four feels too low for Elijah Canyon simply because we know there's so much playing time up for grabs and we've the only person we've really seen Bo kind of have chemistry with, even as a small sample size has been Elijah Canyon. I feel like he should be a little bit higher, but at the same time, you can talk yourself into four. I think he probably should be a little bit higher. So you mentioned, okay, my number three is Kobe Hudson and you think I have him too high. Obviously, you know, we, 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 we say all the time, natural wide receiver, yada, yada, yada. I think he does a lot of really, really good things. And I think he's going to have a lot of really good, opportunity um, just because I think they're going to use him as an outside guy that's going to run inside routes. And I think Bo Nix likes throwing those. And when it comes down to it, I think Kobe Hudson, you know, he had moments in a day. And once again, we can totally overhype a day. And this is him just not playing receiver in high school. He's used to being a quarterback. His hands are going to be a little inconsistent based on what we saw on a day. Once again, could he have just dropped, you know, could that have been the first, pass that he dropped all spring yeah it could have been but we also heard how inconsistent he was at times but I think the highs of Kobe Hudson are going to be worth it and Harson and Bobo are going to have to put him on the field that's my thought process um would I be shocked if Capers and Canyon pass him in receptions this year absolutely 
Uh, it would not surprise me at all. But right now, Kobe Hudson's my number three receiver in this room. Yeah. See, like if I was doing that, I'd probably have him for, you know, or maybe they're tied with Capers. I kind of think that he's in that yeah. tier with the rest of those guys. And, you know, Capers, Canyon, uh, Hudson are all kind of grouped in together. And they're not 100% in interchangeable but you could talk to me into any order of those guys and we just had a, had a different order but yeah i mean it's it's they're definitely going to use him it's just a matter of who they're going to use more i happen to be higher on canyon than hudson but i could be talking to either way all right my, my, my number two guy and this may be juicy too let us know in the lockdown auburn discord or on twitter at locked on auburn javarius johnson i have him as the number two guy in this receiver room i think he has totally set him up for uh, himself up for a breakout season. His production in the slot really could be what helps this Auburn offense take a huge step forward in 2021. You know, we, we've made the joke a million times about Bo Nix looking more comfortable in this Auburn offense, in this brand new offense. Uh, but I think the way that they could possibly use the slot receiver with Harson and Bobo's offense and Johnson being that guy, Bo went to him early and often in A-Day. And once again, does A-Day actually matter? No, but I do think there's little things you can take out of it and say, okay, Bo gets the ball, and the first guy he's looking at is Javarius Johnson. We put a graphic up of Johnson last week with me and Jake talking about him, you know, asking the question on Instagram, could, hey, could he have a breakout season? Could Javarius Johnson have a breakout season? Guys like Sean Shivers are commenting on there and being like, yes, absolutely. I think his teammates are rooting him on. I think they're energized by what he's been able to achieve in practice. And I think that speaks for itself. So I have him at number two. I am 100% on the Javarius Johnson hype train. I love it. I, I do think that Justin Ferguson doing that article a few weeks ago in the Observer about mm -hmm. the history of the slot guys under Harrison and Bobo both is what sold me on Johnson doing so much. And then A-Day just reinforced it. Just seeing how well him and Bo play together. I'm 100% right there with you. Number two, let's go, Johnson, baby. Okay, so you would have him at two. So you would ha would you have Demetrius Robertson, Auburn's newest receiver, the transfer from Georgia, you would have him at number one? I have him at number one simply because I feel like this coaching staff is going to take the veteran and they're going to use him pro like most prominently. They're at least going to start off with him. That's the only receiver that we've seen them go out and get. So they obviously think he's more like the version they saw in California versus the version they saw in Georgia. But, you know, all things being equal, I think he's going to get the most reps to start the season simply because that's the man they went out to get. So they obviously see something in him. Right. Yeah. I think the biggest concern with Robertson, and you've already seen Georgia media kind of putting hit pieces out, dissing the guy that they were supporting for the last few seasons, which is messed up. Yeah, you're giving me a thumbs down on a Zoom call. Absolutely Thank agree. You. Absolutely agree. But AJC is going to AJC. You know what I mean? That's their thing. You know that. You grew up in Georgia. You know that. Listen, the curse of Richard Jewell still affects Atlanta sports because the AJC won't apologize for the 96 Olympics. Hey, so AJC is dead to me. Yep. Dead to me. No, for sure. But a concern, I'm, I'm not worried about off the field stuff. I'm genuinely not. But the fact that he's he hasn't played a full season of college football is something that like we have to be aware of. Like there is a possibility that he does not play every game this year. Um, hopefully, we're pulling for him. Hopefully, the uh, the strength and conditioning staff equips him physically with any kind of preparation that he will need from whenever he gets on campus to you know the start of fall camp and all of that good stuff. But just being realistic, that's something that we have to be ready for if that happens. But I yeah. think assuming he stays healthy. 
He and Bo Nix, somebody tweeted this out, and I wish I knew who it was, but like Bo Nix to Demetrius Robertson this season in 2021, I mean, that's going to be the biggest, like potentially the biggest boom or bust combination in the conference, maybe all of college football. I mean, a ton of upside on both parts of that connection. Um, Also, a lot of question marks. So I think it's going to be awesome. I love this move. Yeah, bringing in the guy who got All-American conversation. You know, I mean, this is obviously a big deal. You mentioned it. He has to stay on the field. The other thing to think about is he'll have the least time with the playbook of anybody in that room. True. But but he's a veteran, though, man. I I think that's what makes it more okay. Yeah, I mean... If there's anybody who's equipped to get around that is obviously a a senior who's been in college football for quite a while. Yeah. I would expect him them to give him a position and stick him there. I don't think we'll see him moving around the field a lot, especially beginning the season. Uh, but it's the the big thing is when can he get on campus and when can he get his hands on the playbook to start learning and when can he start catching balls from Bo Nix? Yeah, and that article and more on AuburnWire.com. Let's talk baseball in just a moment. Today's show brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. There's a ton of different flavors, coconut, cherry barcia, don't fully know what that means, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. Lindsey Crosby, what is your favorite Built Bar? Um, I'm going to say cherry barcia just because you didn't know what it was. Okay. It's a riff on cherry garcia, the ice cream. Chocolate covered cherries. I've read that a million times, and I've never gotten that. Yeah, that's what it is. Thank shout you. out to shout out to cherries, cherry barcia. Let's go. Yes, uh, yeah. So, uh, built bars not only are they the best tasting, they're healthy too. Seventeen to eighteen grams of protein per bar. They got calories ranging from one hundred thirty to one hundred eighty. Only uh, four or five grams of sugar in each bar. Four or five grams of net carbs in each bar. Amazing. Amazing, amazing. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, like I said at the top of the show, Lindsey Crosby, uh, the MLB draft started last night, as most people are listening to this, started Sunday night. We're assuming Ryan Bliss did not get drafted. So, under that assumption... Take us through what the rest of this week could look like regarding the MLB draft for Auburn baseball. Okay, so Tuesday, uh, Monday is rounds two through ten. Uh, Tuesday will be eleven through twenty. The big thing to remember about the MLB draft is it's not necessarily just the skill of the player; it's also signability. Every team, depending on how many picks you have in the top ten rounds, has a preset dollar amount that you can't go over by more than five percent to sign all of those guys or else you forfeit draft picks. So uh, players like a Rankin Woolley who are at the end of their eligibility and don't have the option to go back to college uh, typically take less than their picks projected amount. They don't have any leverage. They, have, they don't have any leverage. Yeah. Whereas, you know, some of our guys who we've signed junior college pitcher, Rick's Threadgill, uh, he's three years removed from high school. He can be drafted again. He'll probably require an above slot bonus or else he'll just come to Auburn. Uh, you know, we have quite a few guys who are coming out of high school. They can get drafted or they can come to Auburn. Ryan Bliss got drafted out of high school, chose to come to Auburn, showed out. I would expect just kind of give everybody some heads up here. Ryan Bliss, probably second to third round. You'll hear his name early on Monday. Uh, Richard Fitz is probably rounds four to six. Tyler Miller, 
somewhere between six and eight. Uh, Carson Skipper, probably 10 to 12. Everybody after that, Cody Greenhill, Stephen Williams, Jack Owen, Rankin Woolley, Judd Ward, Peyton Glavin, that's all just going to be how much do teams have money left after those first 10 picks. Um, they're, you know, a lot of those older players get picked later in the draft mm-hmm. because it's something where they don't have any other option. They have to go pro if you pick them. So is, is that going to change at all? Because technically, unless you've already signed with an agent, any player could go back. Any player could go back to college. I mean, it's so, probably not going to happen, but that is correct, right? That will make it a little bit different. Some of our guys are already super seniors. Rankin Woolley was a super senior this year, so mm-hmm. he can't come back. Uh, but some of our guys could come back for one more year. It just depends on whether they've already graduated. Do they want to enroll and get a master's degree? What do they want to do? Uh, so it's a little bit different this year than a lot of others. Like Cody Greenhill, if Cody Greenhill goes late in the draft, I could see him saying, hey, I'll go be a super senior and play one more year, be healthy, and get drafted again next year and look even better. Mm-hmm. Uh, the draft being shorter as well, only being 20 rounds, definitely is an impact because it used to be 35 or 40. You'd have a lot more opportunities to get guys in the organization. Some of these players may say, well, rather than signing for virtually nothing, I'll just go play baseball one more year, my senior year, if Auburn will have me. So, mm, right, right. So, if you had to predict a guy that's just going to go earlier than a lot of the experts are predicting, if you had to pick one guy where it's like, okay, a team's just going to fall in love with this dude as a prospect, and you're going to maybe take him two or three rounds before what some people would say, who do you think it would be? Carson Skipper. And why is that? So on paper, I mean, he threw just under 30 innings this year. Uh, so he didn't have a lot of film for, for scouts to look at. Yeah, He was battling injuries as well. So he didn't look like the Carson Skipper that we know he can be. And I just feel like there's probably a team out there. Uh, my guess would be somebody in the Southeast who had another scout who could come by or who's seen them in the past. So hopefully Atlanta but somebody who's seen him pitch when he is healthy and knows what he can be, you know, 10 to 15 is the projection for him, 10 to 12, 10 to 15. I see him as more of like an eighth or ninth rounder simply because the most recent film he put out was not reflective of his true talent level. Got it. Got it. Lindsey Crosby, where can people find you and hear you? I am at Alma Banker on Twitter and the Discord, and you can listen to me as the co-host for Zach Blackerby on yes. the award-winning Auburn and Black this morning on News Talk WANI. Yes, Lindsay joins me every morning from 7 to 9 and uh, does a great job. All right, that does it for today's show. Tomorrow, it's a Charlie Tuesday with Charlie 5 joining us. All that and more coming up this week on Locked on Auburn.